Well, hopefully uh, you're enjoying the Christmas season thus far. We're in this series, Merry Christ Mess. And Pastor kicked this off last week and, and looking at this thought of how Christmas is not only a magical season, but it can also be a messy season. As a matter of fact, the whole story of Christmas is that God loves you. He loves me so much that he sent Jesus Christ, his only son. Jesus left the perfection of heaven. And he came into this dark, sin-cursed world so that he could not only rescue us from the mess that's going on around us, but how many of you are thankful that he came to address the mess that's inside of us in our own hearts? Aren't you thankful for the grace of Jesus Christ and the mission and the message behind Christmas? So even during the joy of the holidays, there's no escaping trials or difficulty. There's still a mess going on. You got earthquakes, tornadoes, health messes, financial messes, all kinds of messes. And at Christmas with the beautiful light, sights, sounds, songs of the season is still unavoidable. It's undeniable when we look at the reality of relational messes. And that's what we're going to look at today. Messy relationships. How many of you have a relationship or two that isn't so holly jolly? Come on, wave at me if you have a relationship that's not necessary. Don't point at them, right? Be like, yeah, there's the lack of holly and jolly right there. I've noticed in my life that holidays can magnify the mess and the stress of relationships. Just seems to get to be more difficult uh, in relationships. I don't know for those of you that mar- are married, if you remember your first holiday season as a married couple, do you remember this? Some of you are kind of doing a nervous twitch, just remembering like, yeah, we almost didn't make it through that one. Do you remember the adjustments of just the different uh, uh, traditions colliding? You could have even just been recently married, right? And maybe you got married in October, maybe even November, still on the honeymoon period, but then it's time to experience Christmas you start having some relational stress. Like I remember when my wife Casey said to me, she's like, oh, so excited about going to Alabama for Christmas. Like, what do, what do you what, do what now? Yeah, Alabama. We, we always go to my grandparents in Alabama for Christmas. I said, no, we ain't never been to Alabama for Christmas. I remember that. Maybe you've had that, that tension of just, we've always done an artificial tree. It's like, no, we always do a, a real Christmas tree. Or we always open the gifts on Christmas Eve. No, we always open the gifts on Christmas morning. Listen, you know it's bad and you got issues when you can't even open presents and be happy, right? I mean, that's when you just know the best of relationships are going to be Challenged, It can be stressful at the holidays. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's friends. Sometimes it's coworkers or neighbors. But there are no perfect relationships because there are no perfect people. And for some, Christmas is the great exaggerator. It's the reminder and the magnifier of strained relationships. This is the first Christmas since the divorce. This is your first Christmas as a single mom or As a single dad, this is the first time that you had to choose whether to spend Christmas with your mom or with with your dad, or maybe this is just another Christmas reminder of the family that you never had, but nonetheless, you've got this stress. I want us to look today at the life of Joseph. I'm going to look at the story of Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, who found himself in a relational mess on that very first Christmas, and let's see how he navigated it. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 
says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. This is the Christmas story. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, because we're somewhat familiar with the story, I just read that and it didn't phase anybody in the room. I'm going to read it again, and this time I want you to pretend like you don't know the story and you listen to what I just said. Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, right. That's like a little choir. Did you guys all get together on that? That was good. When you think about this for just a minute and put yourself in Joseph's sandals, you would say, oh. If this is all that we had of the story, we'd be left to make a bunch of assumptions. And so what did Joseph say? How did Joseph feel? Did Joseph, you know, just go off? Did he call for Jerry Springer, paternity test? Like, what did he do? How did he respond? If that's how all we had of the story, but thankfully we have more of the story. And by seeing how Joseph responded, it provides us great insight into how we should handle our relational challenges, our relational messes. So let's look at some keys on handling relationships during this holiday season. Number one, the first thing is this. This will help all of us in our relationships. Number one, be realistic with your expectations. Be realistic with your expectations on your relationships. I think it's safe to say that Joseph was not expecting the mess that he found himself in. You want to talk about one massive, major, big-time curveball. Uh, scripture doesn't give us a lot of details on how Joseph found out. It doesn't say whether or not uh, 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 Mary told him personally or did she write a note? Uh, did she send a friend? Like, you tell him. I'm not telling him. How did she do it? Did she start the conversation with, listen, I know this is going to sound crazy, but imagine that. Imagine the shock of what he was feeling. Have you ever needed just to take a minute before processing something you were about to answer? Have you ever heard something and your first thought was, I know I didn't just hear what I thought that I just heard. He could have had a lot of expectations about what they were even going to talk about. Mary wanted to get together and talk. She's like, oh, she's going to want to help planning the wedding. Not that I mind me, she, I'm glad to be a part, but she could pick the colors. I'd be happy, but I'm just going to be a good fiance. I'm going to go along with it. He, he could have thought, well, maybe she'd want to talk about the house that she wants me to, to build. I've already got plans. I hadn't told her about it yet, so I can't give away secrets, but sure, I'll talk. Maybe he had already thought, hey, we're going to get together and, and talk about baby names, but I don't know how to break it to her. We call him Joseph Jr., but we can go ahead and talk about it. I don't know what he thought the conversation was going to be about, but I'm pretty confident he didn't expect this relational messes are some of the hardest messes for us to deal with and during the holidays it's a time when we really brace ourselves for a lot of the drama drama that happens and surrounds all the Christmas parties and the family gatherings and and times when everybody gets together and 
I just want to put you at ease and make sure that you do understand that you are not the only one who has a weird family. Okay, can I just let you off the hook right now and just assure you, because sometimes we can think, I've got the craziest family in the world. And when it comes time for holidays, you start bracing yourselves because all the different people, different personalities, different opinions, different values collide around the dinner table and make for Christmas memories a lot of us wish that we could forget. A lot of times, the relational pains that we're experiencing are the result of the gap between our expectations and our reality. The things that we were anticipating going into it versus, and so you could be thinking, maybe this year, just maybe, it's going to be somewhat normal. Maybe everybody's going to get along. Maybe he won't show up. Maybe she won't show up. Maybe if they do, there won't be any screaming and fighting and yelling and throwing things. Maybe no one's going to go stomping out the door without slamming it, screaming out. Maybe it's going to be okay this year. A lot of times the frustration or the mess comes between our expectation versus our reality. For a lot of young couples, when they get married, it's kind of a wake-up call because they had these expectations. She thought that he was going to help do the dishes because her dad helped with the dishes. And then reality hits. And, and he thought, well, I'm sure that she's going to stick with the budget because that just makes sense. And then reality hits. And, and maybe he thought, well, at least if she's going to spend some money on a major purchase, she'll talk with me first. And then reality hits. And, and maybe for some of you, you look at it and say, I expected to go to work and focus and get some stuff done, not to listen to karaoke from the co-worker next to me all day long. And instead of singing deck the halls, you want to deck your co-worker. You expect your son to know how to do his own laundry, especially since he's 23 years old. When we first got married, I know that Casey brought a certain set of expectations into the marriage, and I brought my own, and, and this was one that was kind of new for me. I kind of had to work through, but if I got to bed before her, you know, and I'm in bed ready to go to sleep, and she's still out in the house doing whatever, and she'd come to bed, and, and light's still on all in the house, and she'd say, well, aren't you going to get up and turn all the lights off and close up the house? And I'm thinking, I've been in here in bed. Why didn't you turn the lights off? When you came to bed, she said, well, my dad always would turn the lights off and shut the house down and make sure everything was okay. My dad did that every night. I said, well, maybe you better call your dad because I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Different expectations. All expectations aren't bad. And nothing wrong with having expectations, especially when they're clear and they're agreed upon. But a lot of our relational pain is because of the gap between our expectations and our reality. Don't expect your spouse to be perfect. You won't be so disappointed when they prove to you that they're not. Don't act shocked when your kids act like kids. Don't act bothered when your friends show their faults because we're all fallen, broken people who have our own set of imperfections and issues, and we often rarely would miss an opportunity to show our humanity. Listen to what Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says. It says, for all have sinned, for all have sinned. Somebody say all. Come on, shout all. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means you. That means me. Tell your friend right now, that means you too, bro. Come on, go ahead and tell them that on the side of you. That means you too. 
All is a really small word that's a really big deal. All covers a lot of us. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And for me, I just know that life is a lot more fun when I remember that the world does not revolve around me and that everybody in the world does not see things exactly the same way that I see things, that I can enjoy people a lot more when I give them the room to be human and when I give them the room to see something different and when I don't expect them to laugh at everything that I think's funny and I don't expect them to see things exactly the way I see them. Listen, before you get shocked, surprised, or disappointed when people don't bat a thousand, when they're not on the perfect thing, when you look at that, just give them some space. And before you assume the worst, before you assign motive, before you begin to villainize them for what they said or they did, choose to show grace. Treat imperfect people like imperfect people. Treat broken people like broken people. Treat people who need grace like people who need grace. Expect people who aren't followers of Jesus to act an awful lot like people who are not following Jesus. And some of you say, but that's the problem. He's a Christian. She says she loves Jesus and still acts like that. Can I remind you today that sanctification is a process for all of us? Sanctification meaning, man, we got to go a long ways between where we used to be to where we want to be. And there's always somebody who's a little bit further behind you in the process. And there are some who are a little bit ahead of you who are ticked off at you right now. All right. So if you want mercy, you've got to show mercy. If you want grace, you got to show grace. Even though Joseph's relationship wasn't going like he expected as we're about to see, he didn't allow the relationship to become derailed. Let's learn some more and let's see how. Number two, secondly, is this. Not only realistic with your expectations, but secondly, guarded with your emotions. Be guarded with your emotions. Matthew chapter 1, verse 19 says, Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man. Somebody say good man. He was a good man and he did not want to disgrace her publicly. Pause right there. This point is informing us, first of all, of what Joseph did not do and what we should not do. He did not react out of his emotions. Instead, he processed and lived out of his values. He didn't lose it. He didn't start yelling and screaming. He had every reason to be hurt, ashamed, embarrassed, confused, mad, angry. He had plenty of validation for why he was feeling what he was feeling. Is she not who I thought she was? Is there more to this story? Like it'd be one thing if she had even had a different explanation, but Joseph's trying to process her saying, Hey, I did not cheat on you, but I'm pregnant. He's going, man, you can't, you you could have lied so much better than that. That's the worst thing. And then you're like, no, seriously, it's the Holy Spirit. Come on, you've got to know that in that moment, Joseph is going, man, this is just weird. 
I'm just confused. Have you ever had somebody who upset you or frustrated you? And when you looked at it, it just didn't even make any sense why they did what they did. Have you ever had that happen before? I mean, be one thing if you realize why they did what they did, but all that you know is that you're hurt, you're upset, you're bothered. But before giving her a piece of his mind and before trying to protect his own reputation, he thought about it, he processed it, and he chose to protect her instead. And let me just tell you how you can protect your relationships. Lead your emotions. Don't let them lead you. Your emotions will tell you how you feel, but they should never tell you how to live. Are you hearing this today? Your emotions can tell you how you feel. That's valid. That's how I feel. But if they tell you how to live, that's dangerous. That will hurt you. Because some people just know how to push your buttons, right? You have any family members like that? You have any friends? They know what ticks you off and they just make a beeline for that. Anybody know somebody like that? They know that your, your sports team is different than theirs. And so that's the first thing they want to talk about, right? How they beat your team. You know, all they want to talk about. They know that your political view is different. That's the first thing they want to talk about. They want to talk about that. They want to know how uh, your relationship didn't work out. That's the first thing they want to talk about. Go, oh, how long did that last? Oh, he's gone now. Oh, okay. That's a fourth one this year. They want to talk about anything to get you stirred up, to get you worked up, to get you bothered. But just like Joseph, even in confusion, you don't have to allow the way you feel to cause you to act or live a certain way. You can control your emotions. Don't ever allow your peace to be held hostage by someone else. No one can rob you of your joy or your peace. You're in control. When you do allow your emotions to do your thinking instead of your feeling, you will say things and do things not only that will not help the relationship, but it will hurt, makes things worse. Listen to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16. It says, a fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Listen, friends, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is count to 10. I mean, that's just like the godliest thing that you can do is just take a TV timeout. Just kind of pull yourself away from the situation. Take a deep breath. Close your eyes. Sing a Christmas carol, something. Just don't respond out of your emotions. Decide now that you will be a gracious person even before the opportunity requires it. Live out of your values, not out of your emotions. That's what Joseph chose to do, and it made all the difference. Let me show you this third thing. It's this. Not only do you need to be realistic with your expectations, guarded with your emotions. Number three, be intentional with your interaction. Be intentional with your interaction. Back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, verse 19 again. Let's finish it. So Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he, here's the key word, decided to break the engagement quietly. 
I don't know if you underline or highlight or circle, but that's a key word as to Joseph's ability to navigate this relational mess is that he did not respond out of emotion, even when things were different than his perfect or ideal expectation scenario that he found himself in, but he chose to be intentional with the way he was going to respond. So he decided, everybody say decided. He decided, rather than reacting out of emotion, he thought, he processed, and he purposed that he was going to value the relationship over his personal comfort or even his reputation. He decided to live by values rather than being led by emotions. He was going to be intentional. He was going to do this on purpose and for purpose. He got his plan during his prayer time, not his passionate emotional frustration. And I have to be honest with you, when it comes to being intentional around people or around relationships on a daily basis, I'm going to be just gut level honest. That's hard for me. And I find myself getting off of my intentional mission because I'm simply not paying attention. I just want you to know, I love God. I really do. I'm not even making that up. Some of you are like, that's a good thing, preacher. No, I really mean it. I love God. But sometimes I'm just unaware of my love for God and I'm out doing things, saying things and treating people in a way it's like, I don't think that was as intentional about representing Jesus as it should have been. Like I love people. I really, really do. I want to make a difference in people's lives. I promise I do. But sometimes people get on my nerves. And sometimes I forget about being intentional on my mission of I'm not here to be liked by everybody. I'm not here to agree with everybody. I'm not here to like everything that everybody does. I am here on an intentional mission to share Jesus, the hope of Christ, with people who are all around me and hurting. Listen, I know how it can be at family gatherings. Especially the more people, more relatives that you don't know or, you know, the crazier the scene or the setting. My wife reminded me just the other day because it's holiday season. You know, it's Christmas party season. She said, you know what you do. I get in and as soon as I can fill up my plate with that food, that's priority number one. A lot of times they ask me to pray over the meal so you can be sure it's going to be a short one. I just want to fill up that plate. Step two, I get that plate and I want to find me a corner in the house tucked away from all of the crazy. I want to get over, pulled over in a corner, but where I can still see the game. And then I just ride out the storm. I mean, that's what I do. I'm just, I'm in there till it's over. And when I know it's over, okay, Merry Christmas, everybody. Let's do this again in 12 months, all right? Let's just go ahead and make it a date. Let's do that. If I'm intentional with my interactions, I realize that even though there may be tension, there's opportunity. And for Joseph, he chose to take the message of the Lord and from the Lord and do something with it rather than following his emotions and his feelings. Even in his attempt to be gracious, he was still going to go a different direction. Listen to the message that he received in Matthew chapter 1 verses 20 through 23 says, and Joseph considered this, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived 
by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. You are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He got a message from the Lord and his life was lived on mission to carry out that message through intentional interaction and rather than us shrinking back trying to avoid just the the, uh, uncomfortable settings or surroundings or the frustration that can come from others, let's guard our emotions. But let's ask this question. What would it look like if I went to that Christmas party and instead of playing prevent defense, right, just trying not to lose, what if I went on the offensive and said, you know what, I'm going to this because I want to be intentional. What if I went there knowing that there's somebody there who needs to be encouraged? But they get on my nerves. I know it, but you know what? Hurt people hurt people. People who are acting not very kind, not very cool, not very nice are usually living out of pain that's going on on the inside. People who are being unkind to you, they're trying to feel better about themselves. What if instead of me being so insecure or immature to where I thought this was supposed to be all about me, what if I lived in such a way to say, I'm on mission, this is intentional, I've already decided, here's how I'm going to live, I'm going to be a servant, I'm going to be an encourager, I'm going to be a good listener, I'm going to be a hope giver, I'm going to bring light, I'm going to bring love, I'm going to bring the atmosphere up wherever I go go. Why? Because I'm not waiting on the Christmas lights to do that. I'm not waiting on the Christmas carols to do that. The light of the world, Jesus Christ, lives in me. and He's given me a message. He's given you a message. And some of you are like, yeah, and the day the angel shows up to tell me, I'll act a little bit more like that. Joseph got an angel. But you know what? What the angel was simply delivering was a word from God, and God has a word for you. God has a message for you. He has a mission for you. I'd love to share with you several scriptures, but time doesn't permit for me to give you many, but let me give you a couple. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. This will help you to be intentional. How should you live? What should we be like? What's the message? Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the lord forgave you listen to philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 are your hearts tender and compassionate then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other loving one another working together with one mind and purpose don't be selfish don't try to impress others be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves listen to this don't look out only for your own interest but take interest in others too when you follow god's word for your relationships you'll always be glad that you did The Christmas season is a perfect time to bring the love of God, the peace of God into our families, our homes, and our gatherings. Don't allow the mess to cause you to miss what God has for you this Christmas. Can you imagine Joseph's regret if he had not been intentional to carry out what God was calling him to do? 
He could have in his hurt, in his anger, in his confusion, in his frustration, he could have bailed, be careful. He could have said, this doesn't make sense, or I don't appreciate it, I don't like the way this went down, I'm out. Everybody's got the bumper sticker, my kid's an honor student, my kid makes A's. Joseph says, my kid's the son of God. Come on, you know he really did, it worked out well for Joseph. The earthly father of Jesus. Can you imagine the regret? I could, I could have been a quarterback. Oh, I could have been suited by the president. Oh, I could have gotten that job. And here's Joseph. I could have been Jesus' dad. How'd you miss it? I allowed relational mess, relational stress to cause me to react in a way to where I missed out on how God wanted to use me for his kingdom purpose and plan. Don't miss it this Christmas. Show up ready to make a difference. Everywhere you go, a smile could change someone's day. A word of encouragement. You're offended. Get over it. It's not about me. I'm going to overlook that. Why? Because they could be hurting and reacting out of their pain. They may need somebody to love them and listen. Oh, I imagine our relationships would look a lot differently if we could learn from Joseph and apply these things.